Great Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion! With Scott Prather. Steal the show. Into the great Scott show. Going up on a Tuesday. Happy to have you with me. The Rage of Cajun basketball team comes up short last night, one game short of the Sunbelt Conference Championship. They were in the game, they were right there. They had some moments, but uh, the difference really a three point shot. Georgia State, highly effective from beyond the arc. Extremely efficient, 10 of 15. We'll have some post-game audio, some thoughts on that. Jay Walker will be in studio in the 8 o'clock hour. I imagine he is completely exhausted. But he's going to be here because he's a champ. He's going to be here. Jay drove to Pensacola yesterday, called the game, drove back in the middle of the night. And uh, later today, he's going to drive up to Ruston and then drive back. And then he's going to drive. The, I hope he gets a nap at some point. But Jay is, uh, and, and I told him, I said, Jay, it's all right. You don't have to come in. He said, I'll be there. I'll be there. Garrick Rattler of the Pels pod going to join me at 740. Talk a little Pelicans hoops. They play the Grizzlies tonight. What lies in front of them? But let me kick off the show. We're going to hear, you'll hear audio from Coach Marlin, from Greg Williams, from Jalen Dowcourt, who was fired up last night in that game. Let's start off with Calvin Ridley. Ah, yes, Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley is not a victim. This, This idea that He is a victim in all of this, is misguided at best, and idiotic at worst. You know, you could actually say the same thing about Calvin Ridley. Misguided at best, idiotic at worst. I don't think that Ridley is guilty of throwing games or any of the things that some are using as an argument to say, well, the NFL was too hard on him. It wasn't like he was doing this. Stop it. And his lawyer needs to tell him to stop tweeting as well. Look, the league embraced gambling at every turn. And those that are defending Ridley are like, well, hey, I mean, league's all about gambling. What's the big idea? They're acting like, you know, he... He did something worse than what others have done that was far less. If you want to have an argument that the NFL is absurd and hypocritical in how they hand down punishments, go right ahead because you're right. Greg Hardy was what? Suspended for four games for the stuff he did? I know people were excited to see him get beat up last Saturday on the UFC card. Guess what? He also got a giant check for that. But, like, that's 
two different things. You can point out, it's a little ridiculous that these other punishments, it is very, very clear. In the CBA, in the rules, in it all, you cannot bet on the sport that you play in. He made a conscious decision to violate league rules. The only person that needs blame here is him. Do I think he was trying to make a boatload of money with some bookie in a back alley and, oh, my God, I I owe him money and they're going to come after me with a bat if if I don't go and try to, are they going to repossess something if I don't somehow make this money? Okay, I'm in too deep. No, it was nothing like that. It was nothing like these old cliche ideas of, well, if you're going to throw a game, nothing like that. That still doesn't mean that what he did wasn't incredibly stupid. He did something extremely stupid. He knew it was wrong, and he's suffering the consequences. He bet $1,500. The guy clearly is not a better. I mean, he did like an eight-leg sucker parlay, and he was betting on the Falcons for crying out loud. You can't say, I didn't know what the rule was. He went to the Hard Rock Sportsbook app in a year where he just said, I don't want to play football, by the way. Went to a, a, a sportsbook app in Florida. Used the sports, I say went to, used the sportsbook app. There is a firm that handles sports batting data and info for the NFL and noticed his name and they were like, oh, this is odd. Let me let the NFL know. The real solution, guys, if your argument is it's kind of ridiculous that somebody could be accused of domestic abuse and they got this, and people bring up Ray Rice a lot, and that stuff was sick and it was messed up. It was also a long, long time ago. And it ain't like he got back in the league and was thriving after that. You want to increase punishment for domestic abusers? Yes, I'm for that. That's the solution. It's not lessening the punishment for a guy that knew, or if he didn't know, then he he really is idiotic, that he can't do it. It's not about... it's When you break a rule, it's not always about intent, guys. Yeah, I mean, how do you think that'd work in sports? In anything in sports? Boom. Pegged him in the with a fastball. Take your base. I didn't mean to hit him. It wasn't my intent. Oh, in that case, come back. All right, we'll just we won't even call it a ball or a strike. Just throw it again. I didn't mean holding number sixty four in the I didn't mean to hold him. Oh, in that case, that wasn't your intent. Okay. I, I why why it, it's the what about this generation of, well, it's ridiculous that he's getting punished like this and this stuff didn't happen. Like, okay, it is, but like, why is that suddenly now the major talking point here? He is not a victim. The rules are etched in stone. He can gamble on sports if it's not NFL football, and he gambled on his own team, who is terrible, by the way. The guy did, what, a $1,500 eight-leg parlay. 
bet $1,500 to lose 10 mil, suspended for a year. And yes, he is absolutely being used as a prop by the league to let the rest of the players know. You bet on the NFL, the consequences are going to be swift and strong. Well, he wasn't trying to fix games. No, if he was, he would have been banned for life. The punishment would have been different. Does he even want to play? He didn't want to play last year. Stop acting like he's a victim. Well, owners, you have this jabroni owner, Stephen Ross, who allegedly was trying to pay his coach to throw games. Yes, and Stephen Ross should not be an owner of a team, and the NFL should come down on him, but the owners have all the power. The owners are hypocritical. The owners don't get punished the way the players do. You're, I, I'm not telling you something you already didn't know before the Calvin Ridley thing happened. It still is not a reason to claim that he's a victim. The guy didn't even play play in the final 11 games. What if he had insider info? Okay, maybe he did. Maybe maybe it was, uh, you know, guy's a little banged up. Guy's a little banged up. I might not be able to throw it to this side of the field much this week. Okay, let me go take an eight-leg parlay. No, that's not how that happened, and you know it. The guy was bored, did something really stupid, which is very clearly against the rules, and now he's being punished for it. It isn't a cheating scandal of Tim McDonough, uh, Tim Donahue levels. It's not what it is. The NFL is cashing in on an influx of this of, of money coming in from the sports book market. And yes, one of the players. Made a bet on his phone, and he wasn't supposed to. Is an NFL coach being is is an owner that allegedly offered an NFL coach a hundred grand per loss much more dangerous for the integrity and future of the league? Absolutely, for the integrity of the NFL's relationship with the sports books. Absolutely, absolutely. Is a Cowboys executive that allegedly spied on and took cell phone pictures of of Cowboys cheerleaders dressing, and then the Cowboys settle a suit out of court with the with the, the the victims? Is that worse? Yeah, I think so. Than what Calvin Ridley did, sure. As far as the integrity of the league goes, it, it, throwing games would would jeopardize the integrity of the league. What, what Stephen Ross did was worse than all of it. Now, I'm, I, from a moral standpoint, we could get into with the Cowboys, but. I could go down the list. All of those things were wrong. All of those things deserved much more harsh punishments than they had. And all that was true before this Ridley news came out yesterday. It was stupid. He's not a victim. So let it go. Phone lines are open, by the way, 337-269-1077, You could tweet the show as well, at ESPN Lafayette. That is the handle on Twitter. 
Give me a call. You have some thoughts on this. But, I, you know, I just, I don't know how he wouldn't have known. There are massive signs in every NFL locker room all across the league that remind players every day they're not supposed to bet. He did. He did. Will anything change as far as partnerships with its gambling partners? No. This will be a blip. Unless unless there are just multiple cases that come out far worse. But as far as the specific Ridley thing, no. No. ESPN Lafayette. Let's head to the phone lines. It's a great Scott show coming at you on a Tuesday morning. Good morning. How are you? Welcome in. Who said anything about him being a victim? Like, why you keep saying that? I it's never all, heard it's just, it's, it's all, it's all over the place. It's on social media. It's people on TV saying, oh my God, this is ridiculous. Why is he suspended a whole year? And I'm like, what's, of course. Yeah, this, I think the punishment is too long. Uh, he shouldn't, uh, shouldn't get a year. Uh, I, the whole thing is the man's making 10 million, you bet 1,500 to try to make, like, like, I just, I just understand that. Like, let one of your friends. Make that bet. If you're just bet, betting for fun, you know. Or just uh, bet just, on another sport and don't do something that is abundantly clear all over the league and in your locker room that you're not supposed to do. Yeah, but I think what, what I don't like about it is that, you know, I know he's a player, but Adam Schefter, is he still invested in that gambling company? I have no idea. Or did they make – I, I, issues like that, I have an issue with that. Yeah, of course, he doesn't talk about betting lines, but he shouldn't have any ties – to any of that either. If he's reporting on the sport, he can get, you know, I know his job a little bit different than other uh, sports journalism, but, you know, and, and he's not a player, but Ridley was out, you know. Like I said, though, he can't, uh, he's, he's, I think the punishment is too severe. Um, he's, look, yeah, he, he's, I, I, he's undoubtedly being used as an example, right? He is. Um, but, yeah, let other players know. You know yes, hey. that, 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 I, I don't disagree with that, but... Hey, but, but this I, don't, is not I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I can't feel bad for the guy. It was just, it was stupid. This is not a, this is not a precedent. You had two uh, Hall of Famers uh, years ago uh, suspended for a year, I think, or two. I think, I think uh, it's, I think what's different Paul now, Hardy. I think what's different now, Jay, is it, the idea in, look, I don't, I don't know about years ago in terms of was that like the idea of an online sports book and like a lot of these bets that have like caps on them. You know, like it's, I, I don't think it's as dangerous. Now, I'm, I'm not backing off on the fact that I have no issues with Ridley's suspension, but I, I don't think it's like the idea of the guy placed a, a three, five, and eight leg game parlay on the Falcons. Like, of course, those aren't going to win. But the idea of like a sportsbook app is different than man. Guy got in deep with some bookies. Now he owes him a ton of money. Um, now the mob's in on it and, and I know I'm going to extremes here, but you know, like Tim Donahue, whatever, for example, or if it's a player that's like point shaving, right? Allegedly it's, it's in too deep. Like that's very different than what we currently have, which is online sports book apps, which is what he used. The majority of which all have a cap on it and all of which are in business in some way, shape or or, or form with with the major professional sports out there right now. So that's that's what's changed. This is unprecedented in that it's the first time in sort of this new era of gambling. And 
And as a result, like if this happened five years ago and it wasn't a sportsbook app and it was somewhere else and it was, I, I think I think it's received a little differently. Gambling is viewed in a much more acceptable way than it used to be, uh, but still pretty stupid. That and it's ruining sports. It's ruining sports. I can't, man. I, <laughs> it's ruining sports radio. This whole game. Here's thing. here's and the once, here's the other thing that, that's hypocritical, and and I'm not. This is against. This is about the NFL, not so much Ridley. Guys play fantasy football that play in the NFL. Like, they'll talk about it, like, jokingly. I mean, they'll talk about it. Now, they won't say that it's for money, and maybe it's whatever. Maybe it's for dinner or who knows, gifts. Maybe it is for money. I don't know. But, like, that is a form of gambling on the on the league, and players have said it, like, not in a, not in a like, sort of braggadocious way, but you hear guys on interviews or podcasts, like, oh, yeah, that's my boy, you know, he's on my fantasy team, I told him he needed two today, and it's almost like taken as sort of this lighthearted thing, but it's still gambling. It's like, eh, I don't know, like, how far are you going to take this idea that you're going to suspend this guy for a year? They they want to use this as an example, um, and that's why. And that's what they're it doing. Wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if they come down from sixteen. If, if they use an, um, they, they could use an example like that. For example, another thing too. Can you answer this question for me? Do players have sponsorship deals with uh, batting services? No. Not active players. No active players have sponsorship. Okay. I mean, uh, I haven't. I haven't seen a single one. Like every. That, that's why all these former players are are getting tons of money off of this stuff. You know, like you're seeing guys that played in leagues a long time ago. Um, you know, it, it no, they, they they can't. All right, um, but like you said, man, I know I, that's news to me. When you kept saying he's not a victim, like man, what is he? What it's almost like you throwing. I thought you were throwing coded words out there uh, for a second. I didn't know what. Uh, because I never heard anything. I never heard anyone say that that he was. A I've just, I've just seen. I, I've, I've. I think most people the, felt that that was kind of dumb. That's yeah. the, that's, that's the, that's what I've seen on. You know, I've, I saw one Talking head show, and I've seen it all over social media, and it's like, uh, it's yeah, no. The guy, the guy, he, he, what he did was really stupid, and I don't. Get, if you want to say the rule is stupid, fine, but it's still the rule. You got to. If you if you break it and it's obvious, then you're going to suffer the consequences. Yeah. Uh, hey, man. One more thing. Um, yeah, I know they came up short last night, but I do want to uh, commend the team going out there. It's almost like it was an addition uh, through subtraction um, with the loss of Julian. It's almost like they played better, but. Well, they've had yeah, games I, I, this year that they won without Jordan Brown. They won those games on the road earlier this year without guys. I think they're, you know, I think they're used to at times throughout the season having missed a key player here or there. I think they could have used certainly Kobe last night, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was a heck of a run, and it's a bummer they came up just short. But I, I don't think anybody. I mean, Bob Marlin said after the game last night, you know. A lot of people gave up on us, including most of the fans, and he's right. I mean, he's it's true. He said, but we always felt like we could be here, and I'm with you. I commend them. That was a uh, that was a good run by them, and unfortunately, they couldn't finish it off. Now, did he coach his last game last night? And I, I might uh, hang up and hear your thoughts. Thank you. Thank you. Probably so. Probably so. 
Probably so. You know, Bob's got one year left on his contract. You don't coach in the final year of your contract in college basketball. You don't. You get an extension or you don't make it through a contract. That's just how, that's that's the nature of how the, it's the nature of the business. It's how it's set up. You know, if, you have, if you're in an experience, last year of an expiring deal other teams are recruiting against you or he's not going to be there whatever it's just that's how it is in 2022 um 16 and 15 i mean despite the run it was nice now personally you know coach marlin is some fans don't like him some fans do you know he's been been nice to work with as far as it goes with me personally um you know, I know he's going through a lot right now, a whole lot. Got this mother passing. And he's got a lot going on. But you ask me that question, the answer is probably so. You'll hear from Coach Marlin, Greg Williams, Jalen Dalcourt, what they had to say after the game last night here in just a few minutes. This is The Great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather. It's ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Speaking to Sportsbook, Sportsbooks, I'm coming to you from the ESPN Lafayette studio. Sponsored by Bet Rivers. Every day at Bet Rivers Sportsbook, Louisiana, you'll find line specials, daily boosted odd, parlays of the day, and more. Download the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app, the best Louisiana sports betting experience. Learn more at betrivers.com. But if you're a professional player and you download it, just don't bet on your own league. 22 after the hour. We'll be right back right after this. You, my friend. I'm glad I did this test on you, the friendship test. What? You got the best seat in the house. ESPN Lafayette. ESPNLafayette.com and the ESPN Lafayette app. This friendship test. Relax, you passed. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. Patty in the park coming your way. That's right. We are nine days away. Patty in the park, Clay Cormier, Wayne Toops, Tone Loke. Quad City, DJs, Rob Bass, all at Park International. Thursday, March 17th, gates open at 5, music starts at 5.30. It goes on for a while. It's going to be a blast. Kids 12 and under get in free. Tickets right now, 20 bucks. Eventbrite.com or any Legends location. Patty in the Park, sponsored by Bud Light Next and Go Auto Insurance. Be there. It's going to be a blast. When it comes to college basketball, you want to be there. The NCAA tournament, that is the goal. The mission is March. Cajuns came up just short. In the Sunbelt Conference Championship game in Pensacola last night. Fell by nine to Georgia State. Season came to an end. 80-71 to 71 the final. Georgia State just... In three ball, they were 10 of 15 from beyond the arc. When you shoot 66.7% from beyond the arc, it's pretty good. 
Cajuns <coughs> on the other end were 6 of 18, 33.3%. And then at the line, Georgia State got there two more times, but that got inflated a little bit because Cajuns were fouling late in the game to try to steal a few possessions. And so Cajuns had gotten to the line a little bit more than Georgia State before, prior to that. Uh, the Panthers ended up two more attempts than the Cajuns, but they were 22 or 24 from the line, Cajuns 15 to 20. You know, we talked to Mike Murphy yesterday. He said, we're going to have to keep the turnovers down. They had 10, Georgia State had 7, but it wasn't a, there wasn't an abundance of turnovers. And he said, we're going to have to win that rebounding battle. We're not, we we got to be good on the glass. They lost the rebounding battle by one. I mean, my, my point is, they didn't have really bad, bad nights in either of those categories that Coach Murph was talking about yesterday, brought it on the show. Just came up short. Three ball is a big part of it. Here's Coach Marlin, Greg Williams, who was tremendous in the tournament. And Jalen Dalcourt, who um he was fired up yesterday, but here's what they had to say after the final game of the season last night. Yeah, it was uh one verse two, like the preseason poll pick. Uh, we knew that they had four super seniors that, that returned and, you know, their age and experience was good, but they also outplayed us today. They made great shots. It's really proud of our team. I thought we dug back in and got it to one possession game with seven minutes to go and had an opportunity to win, but uh, guarded them, gave them eight field goals the second half, but uh, just wasn't meant to be tonight. And I've got Jalen Dalcourt on my left here from Lafayette and Greg Williams uh, from Lafayette. Thank you, Coach. Questions in the room first? Coach, just talk. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Coach Paul Chesman, Cal Sportsman. What did Charlotte team? I told him I was very proud of them. They fought. Uh, we've had a great run. We'd won six of seven coming into this game. And, uh, just continue to work. You know, their group stayed together. We lost a couple of guys. They stayed together and, and to win it. And then when it got to the stage, they played very well. Uh, so just to, to be pride, prideful in, in the way they played and then make sure that we get back to work when we get home. We'll go right here. Coach, they shot ridiculously well from beyond the arc. You guys were defending a lot of those were contested threes. What was it? Were they just able just to get enough separation against your defense just to be able to be able to drain those three-pointers like they did? You know, it's funny. We ran a play to start the game, and we were debating as a staff which one of these guys we wanted to make a three first. And I told them we need both of them to make a three because it's important to get off to a good start. Allen had a big game last night. He got them off to a good start. Um, we lost them a couple of times in transition and weren't, weren't there to close on the touch, but – yeah, the three-point game right there was one of our goals. They make 10, we make six. It's 12 points. We lose by nine. And, uh, yeah, and they made free throws, too. Uh, right here. Matt McDonald's How difficult was it to play out? I mean, he was just all over the place at one point. I mean, he hit three back-to-backs. Well, I mean, he's, I'm sure, the most outstanding player of the term, and he played very well. And, uh you know, 12 of 12 from the free throw line, 5 of 6 from, from the 
three-point line. You know, he had a big game. He's he's an older guy. Their guys are all a lot older than our guys and, and experienced, and they showed. And he, he's one of them. We're we're very excited, and we expect to to be back next year fighting for a championship. Uh, you know, we had to play an extra game this year in the tournament. I think that was good for us. We got on a roll. I don't think we were. We may have been mentally tired today, but physically, I thought we were okay. I really did. And and uh, you know, this tournament, we lose our second leading scorer in all conference player, and Kobe Julian, the last game of the regular season. We don't have him this week. Uh, and then Brian AU's been a starter for us for. But while we don't have him, you're missing two starters. And that hurt us a little bit. But I tell you, our guys responded. I thought we played well. And, and uh, these two guys especially have really come through in the last three weeks of the season. Coach, what, would, what did they do defensively? It seemed like y'all could never get any kind of flow offensively. What did they do defensively that gave y'all more trouble than even the first two? Yeah, they're just aggressive. You know, they they pressure. We were pressured all four games here, uh, full court. I thought we, we had, what, 10 turnovers tonight? I thought we played well, took pretty good care of it. Uh, but they're good defensively. They lead the league in steals and defense is their MO. And then when they make shots, it's kind of the same thing, identity that, that we have. But uh, they, they, they made their shots today and and we changed defenses on them uh, early. I called timeout and and I told the guys we we're going to mix it up and play our fist defense. And then they got loose and Allen hit one or two off that. Him and Roberts did. But uh, it did help us for a minute, minute slowed them down. We're going to zoom for a question for Greg and Jalen. Uh, how proud are you of, of the resiliency of this team to make the run at this tournament? And how do you build from this? Um, yeah, I'm real proud. You know, I'm I'm glad to be a part of the family that we've built. And um, I'm looking forward to the future and what we're going to build. You know, I think that it's a good, um, it's a bad but good feeling because, you know, I can't wait till we start next year. So looking forward to it. Uh, I was just really excited uh, how well we fought and how positive we was mentally and physically. Um and I'm just excited to get ready to work next year. Um, the guys, we just took this one on the chin, and we all just talking about working for the next season to get back to this because we don't like this feeling at all. Uh, I mean, personally, I mean, I can't stop looking at the television because, you know, it, I mean, it hurts. So I don't want to have that feeling again. Yeah, this it's not a good feeling at all. Um, I think we know what we need to do to be successful. So this little run definitely helped us see the light. So we're going to definitely work hard this summer and this offseason. So we're going to get back to it. All right, there's a little bit from Coach Marlin, from Greg Williams, and from Jalen Dalcourt. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll go from college to pro. From the Pell spot, Garrick Rattler. It's going to join me. We'll talk a little Pelicans basketball. They're taking on the Grizz tonight. Coming off of a heartbreaking OT loss to the Nugs over the week. But uh, prior to that, had won four in a row and won by a boatload of points. So they're playing better ball. We'll have Jay Walker uh, planning to have him in studio. Sure, he's tired. But we'll talk to Jay Bird. A lot to get into with him. Cajun baseball. 
the game last night in Pensacola, the future of Cajun hoops, little TTT and more. It's all coming your way. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. He still hasn't given up his dream of becoming a member of the Beastie Boys. Mm, drop! Scott Prather on The Great Scott Show on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. It does go well with a chicken. on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. 103.3 on the FM, 1420 on the AM. Streaming worldwide via the ESPN Lafayette app. For those of you listening via the stream, it is brought to you by Champagne's Market on the Wilson or Champagne's going the extra mile. Our next guest knows how to pronounce Champagne's because he lived in Lafayette in his college years. UL graduate, used to do stuff for Acadia at a post game back when he was younger. He was in this building. Now he is off uh, back in his native New Orleans doing his thing on the Pels pod with his brother. Part of the New Orleans.network that Nick Underhill got started. And uh, Garrick has been on the show before, and he joins us again to talk a little Pels. Good morning, Garrick. How's life, man? How are you? Good morning, man. Everything's going good, man. Things are things are uh, are looking up for the Pels. Just fresh off of, uh, you know, a little bit of a return to normalcy here in the city with Mardi Gras. So everything's all good, man. I'm 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 enjoying uh, the the renaissance of basketball uh, in the city. So it's it, it's good, man. It's good. Give us the pulse there, Garrick. I mean, I know you. There's a difference between what you do online because you're constantly interacting with Pelicans fans, right? So I, I know I know how that part of it is, and I'm I'm in that mix, right? When you're not interacting, when you're just out and about in the city, is there a little bit of a buzz around this team right now? Being that I know they lost a, a tough one to Denver uh, in OT on Sunday night game that you know they 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 really should have won, quite frankly, if they hit their free throws. But you know, four prior to that, smashing people you know, coupled with the Lakers' recent struggles. I mean, I, I see the excitement online, but that's just from really hardcore Pels fans, the people that are following the team no right. matter what. What's the buzz like around the city when you're, you know, you're not uh, Garrick Rattler host of Pels Pod online when you're just, you know, going to the store to buy milk? Yeah, absolutely, man. It it You, you can see the, the energy that has been infused into the city and into this fan base. Uh, you know, my brother and I, we both went to uh, Baca's Ball as well as Zulu Ball. Um, both of those nights, the Pels had big games uh, those nights. And so uh, me and my brother actually at the Baca's Ball for the Lakers game, uh, we had the computer up on the table uh, in the middle of the parade, ducking bees I saw and everything, it. I watching saw, the game. I saw that online. <laughs> I was impressed. I was like, there he is. That's yeah, yeah, man. It was, it was, it was quite the experience. But you could see the, you know, people walking by. Hey, man, what's the score? Hey, what's going on? Uh, you know, how, how, how are the guys playing? How are the guys looking? Uh, you know, just people like, you know, like you could see the, the you know, the, the excitement and the interest in the team. And then when you left out, uh, you know, and, and, and during the Mardi Gras, my, uh, during Mardi Gras, my brother, uh, he rode in the Zulu parade and he was telling me while he was riding on the parade, you could see, uh, you know, Jackson Hayes jerseys, uh, you know, so it's not just the stars, you know, people wear 
wearing not on her T-shirts, pale shirts with, with, you know, collar shirts with a logo across it. Just everywhere. I got to correct you for a second. Now, I'm not really correcting you because you're going to agree with me. People that don't follow the Pelicans won't agree with this. But you just said not even stars, and then you said not on Herb shirt. I mean, we know that Herb Jones is a star. You know, the rest of the league oh, might absolutely. not know, but come on. I mean, Herbert, exactly. Keyshawn Jones, what, what, what's insane to me is you. if you go and – Sorry, I'm bringing up betting again, but not that not that I'm, I'm a big better. But if you went, if you look at, at at a lot of these apps and you go to a futures bet for like NBA Rookie of the Year, he's not even on the board. Like, yep. all right, maybe he does. Yep. If if he was, you know, I, I don't I don't get it. I'm not saying that he he should be the front runner, but the fact that he's not being mentioned as one of the three or something is the fact that he's not even yeah. on the board. Well, they got well, ten names on it. I don't. We haven't seen a rookie with a defensive IQ and impact coming to the league right out the gate on the defensive side. We've seen some players come in, Garrett, right? Offensively, they're just, they have it. They just have it, right? Offensively, the shot's there. They can create. They can do it all. We've seen that in rookies before. I don't remember the last time we saw a rookie do this on the defensive side of the floor, what he's doing. Why is he not getting more coverage? Or or why isn't he on these boards? I don't don't get it. At this point, we're in March. well, you use a, a very important word, right? You use the word impact, okay? And so, you know, impact is is something that is 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 not necessarily quantified on the on the stat sheet, right? You you look at it at Herb Jones and, and you look around the league at Evan Mobley and Kay Cunningham and Scotty Barnes. All of these guys are, you know, putting those, like you say, offensively. You know, the, the, the game comes easy uh, to you know to some guys as far as scoring and everything. But what Herb Jones does is he impacts winning, right? He does things that don't necessarily show up on, on, on the stat sheet. And, I, and, and Scott, we, we've seen it. it. Sometimes it does. As, as you can ask the Cleveland Cavaliers after he scored 29 points and, uh, on them without Brandon Ingram, uh, without you know some of the guys there. And then also uh, against Denver, you know, not the game that just passed, but uh, the, the game before where he scored 19 points in the, uh, in the fourth quarter. And so, you know, he, they, 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 he has some games where they pop, but what, what, what makes Herb so special is that his his intangibles and his IQ uh, are things that, you, you know, you can't really teach, right? These are things that he came into the league with. Like, you you, are, you just have it and you don't. And so, you know, when it's not sexy, when it's not 30 points a game or, you know, no-look passes and everything and, you know, all of these things that these other guys don't. But when you look and you watch the games and you watch what Herb Jones does, anybody who has watched more than at least five Pelicans games can tell you that Herb Jones deserves to be, you know, in the in the rookie of the year conversation and you know for damn sure deserves to be on the all defense uh you know all defense not rookie all defense all defensive team uh whether it be first team or second team herb jones has been fantastic and i called him on twitter a transformational draft pick because you don't find starters in the second round the way the pelicans did with herb jones i mean you know i mean Jokic was a second-round pick. He's the MVP, and I'm good if the Pels don't have to play him ever again after that game Sunday. <laughs> but, like, it's such a rarity. And Jokic wasn't, you know, as a rookie. Let me be clear. I'm not suggesting that Herb Jones will be Nikolai Jokic one day. I'm not. Um, but what I'm saying is, like, um, <clears throat> to get a player in the second round is so extremely rare. Jokic is extremely right. rare. You know, Ginobili was extremely rare. Um Draymond Green. Draymond Green, extremely rare. To, for, for Herb Jones to do what he's doing as a rookie 
it's just wild to me. I mean, sometimes yeah. he's bringing the ball up the court. And if you had told me before the, before the season opener, because at that point we knew about Zion's injury. Okay, Zion won't have, been, you know, he might not play this year. It'll be March and he won't have stepped foot. Okay, that's not a big surprise mm-hmm. to me. Brandon Ingram will put up great numbers. Not a surprise to me. Pels will have traded for CJ McCollum. Not, I won't say that it, mildly surprised, not shocking, pleasantly surprised, but not sure. Sh- you tell me, yeah, Herb Jones will be starting like by game two, and he's going to be, <laughs> you know, one of the best defensive players in franchise history. I'd be like, ha, yeah, okay, yeah, go back, go, go exactly. see a doctor. You know what I mean? The, of of all the things with this team this year, <clears throat> it's not surprising for anyone that watches it all the time because I guess you're used to it at this point. But if you kind of take a step back and look at how rare it is, I think it's the biggest surprise on the team this season. Yeah, coming into the season, uh, you know, during you know when we, the the summer league and, and the draft picks and everything, everybody was so excited uh, about Trey Murphy as they should have been. You know, he was a a shooter, three and D player. That's what, all the focus was about. That if and everybody was like, you know, if, if Herb can just give us something, uh, contribute this season, yeah, you know, that would be found money. Right. It'd be great. Right, it'll be great. People were even talking about he would, you know, being from Alabama, do well in, in Birmingham with the, you know, with the squadron in the G League. Um, but uh, Willie Green said it, and we, we heard. Uh, I think Andrew Lopez was, uh, was talking about it. Um, he said that after the first summer league. Oh, I'm sorry, Griff was talking about it actually. Griff said that after summer league, uh, after summer league, after a couple practices, Willie Green with him was like, "Yeah, I think I'm gonna start him," uh, because he was just, you know, it, it, it popped out off the, you know, you you can t- he differentiated himself, and so uh, he, he earned the trust of the of the of the coaching staff and of the players. And I've always said, if you can get a player that makes the defensive side of the ball easier for your stars, meaning that Brandon Ingram, uh, Zion, when he gets back, CJ, you know, those guys need to lead the charge defensively, obviously, because they're your best players. But if you could ever find a guy that can take that defensive responsibility away from Brandon Ingram, away from Zion, away from CJ, where they can focus on the offensive side of the ball and not have to worry about taking the, the best player away, uh, kind of like PJ Tucker, uh, guys like that. If you could find a guy like that, you've done it, you know, you've done a good job. And we found one and signed him, uh, to a three year contract that is, you know, very, very team friendly so he'll be here uh for you know for a while and so kudos to the front office for finding him uh and then also kudos to, for locking him up recognizing that talent and, and getting him to a three-year contract Garrick rattler our guest espn lafayette uh, he tweeted this morning he'd come on the show to speak the gospel of willie green what yes. is the exact yes. gospel of willie green I mean, listen, I, I have, we, we have, we've talked about, you know, things that have transformed this, this franchise and the players and everything, but Willie Green is the spearhead. I, I have been uh, a staunch, staunch supporter of, uh, of Willie Green. Just the way that he, you know, he has navigated through all of this adversity. You have to remember that Willie Green is a rookie head coach. Um, he is, he is finding things on the fly and learning things on the fly the same way uh, some of these players are uh, and things like that. And to, to navigate, through you know the 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 you know the the uncertainty with with Zion and you know not having him you know available and then you know the injuries and COVID and, and being in a one in twelve uh, situation and then upgrading to a three and 
16 situation and dragging the, you know, the, the franchise out of that with a smile on his face, positivity, and into what you're seeing right now, uh, this family-based kind of kind of community-oriented team uh, that, that is led by his defense. Uh, you see Brandon Ingram smiling more than any time ever, uh, and, and that is just that is just a testament to the leadership, uh, the way that this man leads men. Uh, Willie Green has just been such a, a, a breath of fresh air uh, to this team, to this franchise, uh, and you could kind of see it in the beginning. He always say, you know, we're losing games now, but come February, you know, come March, we're going to be winning games, and he said that in the Missed of that one and twelve start, the midst of that three and sixteen start, and he said it with such confidence that it made it made me a believer. And here we are. So you know, big shout out to Willie Green. He's done a phenomenal job. Um, you know, kind of galvanizing this team, galvanizing this community. And I'm I'm grateful that he's my coach. That he's our coach for the team. Garrick Rattler, uh, Pell's fan, host of the Pell's Pod, along with his brother. Go check it out. Um, Garrick, two more questions for you. Zion's back in New Orleans. Um, going to mm-hmm. continue rehabbing there. Uh, at this point, it appears another surgery isn't necessary, which is good based on the last medical update. Mm-hmm. Now, knock on wood, we'll see what happens. I'm still kind of saying he's probably not playing this year, but a lot of that has kind of changed for many people. Now they're feeling like, okay, might be in the mix. We're late in the season here. Um, what, what's your take on Zion and his playing future when might he be back on the court in your mind well you know he he got back in town and you know immediately there were reports that he was in the facility uh you know a couple of guys that i I talked to they told me that he was in the facility uh working out doing things uh you know pushing you know pushing himself and, and getting you know trying to trying to get back and so i you know i i am of the mindset that if he if zion wants to come back with 10 games left uh, to ramp itself up because I do believe that the Pelicans make the play-in tournament and also make the playoffs. So they win, uh, you know, the whatever play-in game. I, I do think that they will be in the playoffs. And so, you know, as long as he has a couple of games to ramp up, listen, Zion is a phenomenal talent. Uh, you know, he, he is 27 points per game on 60% shooting. Uh, people call him the, the, the point shack uh, and things like that. And so you, you don't, you know, you don't kind of handicap yourself by telling that person, you know, or it's too late in the season, we won't include you, you know, into this or whatever. If Zion is whenever he's ready to come back and ramp up, uh, you let him come back and ramp up. Uh, I think that he is working towards a comeback. He wants to play. Uh, he wants to be on the court. And so I think, you know, whenever you, you get a, a chance to add a guy to this team, uh, the way that this team is playing, you add 27 points per game and just another, uh, you know, just another option that, has to be accounted for on the defensive end. Uh, that that lineup with with a Bi, CJ, Herb, Zion, and JV. That is a I, I call I call them Herb Jones and the Alphabet Boys. Uh, you know those guys. That that is a lineup to be fearful uh, feared of. And so. I I believe that he'll be back. I do. You know that is my. I I believe that he'll be back. Um, I think that he's going to play uh, eventually. And I think you know if you can get him into the fold for the playoffs, uh, you know that's a very formidable, a very formidable team. Last question tonight: uh, Pelicans on the road at Memphis. Well, the Grizz they got some dog in them, man. They are um, they are feisty. Yeah, they are tough. Absolutely. They are, uh, there's something at this point right now that you, you, you want to kind of strive to be like, quite honestly. So mm-hmm. what happens tonight? 
Yeah, man, that, that Memphis team is 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 really good. Um, you know, they're they're following their leader in John Morant, and um, you know, you, you see a team that is you know that has grown uh, together organically and, and, and have kind of hit a confidence uh, marker where they believe that they can beat anybody. And so uh, it's going to be a tough game. But you know, last time we played, uh, you know, CJ had you know, just been in the fold and, and, and things like that. And so uh, I think that you know this is a different team with a different mindset right now we saw the pelicans go out and take care of business uh you know against good teams and trap games so that's that's kind of a marker for for me uh you know when you can win against phoenix and and and, and teams like that and then take denver to, to overtime and, and things like that but also beat the sacramento kings in a game that you absolutely should have won that's a marker of a good team to me and so i think this is a different team uh, i think it'll be a really competitive game uh and i think you know i, I like our chances because I've always said that with CJ and Toe, I feel like even when the superstars come to town or we go play superstar guards such as like John Morant tonight, that we're not outmanned because of CJ and his ability to knock down shots and everything. So I'm looking for a good game tonight. Um, you know, the Pels know that they have, they have a great golden opportunity to kind of move up in the standings with, you know, the Lakers losing uh, last night and things like that. And so, you know, Willie Green, I have this team focused and I'm looking forward to it. It's a big game on TNT, man. And, and you know, we, we, we tend to last time we were on a nationally televised game, we dog walked the Lakers. So, you know, we'll we'll see. Garrick Rattler has been our guest. Give him a follow on Twitter at Garrick underscore Rattler. He and his brother host the Pels Pod, part of the New Orleans dot network that our guy Nick Underhill uh started. And Garrick, man, uh always enjoy hearing your passion and um about the team and you know, I remember you back in this building briefly doing some stuff with Butch Bella man, back you, in the you, day. You invoked that Acadiana post game, man. I, hey. I thought, man, that shit shivers down my spine, man. <laughs> <laughs> Old school right there back in the day. But yeah, uh, continued yeah. success, man. Appreciate you waking up and uh, taking the time, and, and we'll chat again in the future. Thank you so much, Scott. I appreciate it, man. You got it. That is Garrick Rattler. He has been our guest to wrap up our number one of the Great Scott Show. Uh, hour number two, Jay Walker. Um, I, I look. I'm sure he is gassed. I'm sure he's exhausted. He may even still be asleep. I'm not sure. Jay said that he was going to make it this morning. It's going to be in studio. I told him it'd be okay if he didn't. Man drove to Pensacola yesterday. Called the Cajuns game against Georgia State last night. Drove back. He's got to drive to Ruston later. So I don't know if he'll be in studio next hour. He might still be in bed. And if he is, I wouldn't even blame him. I guess we'll all have to find out, right? Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hour number two. Will he? Won't he? This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Great Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion. With Scott Prather. Steal the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the 8 o'clock hour of the Great Scott Show. I told you all about Jay Walker, his trek, and how I wouldn't blame him if he was asleep. And we said, is he is he going to make it? And got to tell you guys, 
He is right here. That's correct. I haven't seen you in this studio in a couple weeks. I know. It's been, it's been a minute. Yeah, it's just one more reason why Mardi Gras ought to be outlawed. Stop it. Stop it. Mardi Gras is amazing. But last week was Mardi Gras. The week before, um, I was on the road. You were on the road. Mm-hmm. And you were on the road yesterday. You yes, tired? I was. Tired? That's a heck of a one-day turnaround there. Yeah, we left at uh, 9.30 yesterday morning. Drove to Pensacola. Um, went to the team hotel. Did my uh, Recorded my pre-game interview with Coach Marlin. Did, uh, did a little bit of game prep. And then uh, went to the arena, did the game, tore it down. Got home at about 2.20 uh, this morning is when I pulled into the driveway. But... Um, Soul Town and Sirius XM. Um, that had you that had you moving. It had me moving, and and I was able to make it back. Good as a result. But I'll tell you what: when that alarm went off, it was it was here was the good thing. And of course, I've been up now for about an hour. When you have that little sleep, and you get up, um, you got really really good pipes now. My voice has come up a little bit, but it was really deep. Uh, yeah, up. no, right, right. I right. sounded like Barry White. Oh, yeah. We got it together, baby. Let me tell you something. Coming in on a, on a morning after, you know, you went, maybe went hard in the paint a little bit in radio. On one, on one end of the spectrum, it's tough, and on the other end, it, it sounds good. <laughs> sounds good. But at any rate, you know, glad to be here. Glad to be visiting with you this morning. And, um... Uh, well, looking forward to the next uh, 48 minutes or so whatever it is. I, I want to hit on something I just thought of that, you know, I was, I was talking about the game last night in, in hour number one and talking about Coach Marlin, talking about UL Georgia State. One thing I guess I hadn't thought about, and you were up close and personal, you might be able to speak to this. I asked if you were tired, right? Cajuns had played four games in five days. Georgia State had the bye. How much do you think that had an impact, if at all, last night? I I don't think it did because you had a day off after the first game. If if you had had to go four games in four days, I, I, I think we would be talking about it. But you had a day off after the first game. They didn't look tired. No, they look they look pretty jacked up. Yeah, they no I I. They didn't look tired at all. No, I don't think I don't think the extra game was was a factor at all. And that's probably why I hadn't even thought about it because it didn't it didn't look like tired legs. I mean, the big difference in the game last night, the three point shot when Georgia State was I mean, at one point in the first half, it's like are they like are they going to miss? And the answer was no. <laughs> you shoot sixty six point seven percent from beyond the arc, and you shoot you make double digit number of threes. It's tough, and the Cajuns were 6 of 18. Like, I, I was talking to Coach Murph yesterday morning, and he pointed out turnovers, rebounds were going to be such a huge key. And when you look at the game last night, Cajuns had a few more turnovers than than Georgia State, but it wasn't like an overwhelming number. Free throws, um, Georgia State shot two more, but they only did that because late in the game, the Cajuns mm-hmm. were fouling a lot. And rebounds, I think it was like separated by one. So, some of those things were somewhat even. It just, it was, the big difference was the three-point shot. Let me, let me tell you this. If you'd come to me before the game and said, Brown and Williams are going to combine for 40 and the Cajuns are going to turn it over 10 times, my response would be, where are the scissors? 
because they were going to cut down the nets. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a doubt in my mind. If you had told me that, that's how I would feel. If I had also said... Georgia State is, I think, 13th in the country in forcing turnovers. Mm-hmm. They force 18 turnovers a game. The Cajuns had 10. And that was the thing that I was most concerned about. Was Now, they had done a good job of protecting the basketball in, in their previous three games. But Georgia State's a different animal with the way that they play defense and the way that they, they, they force turnovers. Um, 28% is what they shot in conference play from three-point range. They had 10 out of 15. You know what you do when that happens? You shake their hand and say, good luck in the tournament. I can't, I can't sit here and point any fingers at, well, if they would have done this. Because, look, some of those three-pointers were contested. Uh, and some of them, you know, they were they were off balance. I mean, that stuff happens, and 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 that's the way I look at last night. Stuff happens. I I was disappointed, and I was really disappointed for a great group of young men because they're great, great, great kids. Very disappointed for them, but not disappointed in the effort, and not disappointed in the execution. Sometimes the other guy is better, and Georgia State was better last night. ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports. Um, nobody was expecting them to get to the championship game. Coaches were. I'm, I'm talking about the No, no, no. Let's go back. When the coaches poll came out, who was picked number one? Oh, before the season, sure. Yeah. One and two played last night. That's no, exactly I, right. I, I know preseason was. I just mean heading into the tournament, right? It was, Georgia... I mean, the Cajuns were the highest seed ever to be in the in, in the championship game. Um, but if you watched the games, it wasn't like, oh, well, this is fluky. You know what I mean? Like, right? There's, 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 there's. When you say, well, no one expected them to be there, and here they are. That's true. And also, if you watch the games, you could tell it wasn't sort of luck. But um, would have been nice if they could have punched that sure. game. And they were so they sure. were they were so close. And obviously, with what. What's what Coach Marlin's going through, and I know a lot of people have questions about his future. All that stuff. It was like you're right here on the doorstep, and uh, and they came up too short. Yeah, and Dave Cohen uh, does the radio for Georgia State, and Dave is one of those guys who who lucked into. Well, I'm not going to say lucked, but he but he wound up getting a gig when he was 19 years old. Okay, 19. Dave Cohen is not yet 60. But he, he's wrapping up his 39th season doing Georgia State basketball. Holy cow. Dave's been around a long time. He's the biggest Kiss fan that I know. He's seen Kiss like 40-something times in concert. But we talked um, after both of the regular season games, and we talked before this game. And he said every time, he said there are eight teams that can win this tournament. And he named them. And they happened to turned out and we didn't know it at the time when we first but they turned out to be the top eight seeds we named them and they turned out to be the top eight seeds and he was right eight teams could have won that turn you could make a case for all of them um but georgia state starts four covid seniors they've um you know they they've won now three of the last four tournaments so they were battle tested and uh, before the tournament started, I said, you know what? It's going to go through Atlanta again. You know, it, it, you got it. you're going to have to beat Georgia State if you're going to win this thing. 
uh, and they were able to go ahead uh, and get through it. I, I think this, uh, I was heartened by a couple of things I saw last night, and one of them was the attendance for the finals. Now, I don't know what they announced, okay? And I don't want to make it sound like, oh, man, they had a ton of people there. No, no. But I've seen championship games where you had like 800 people in the stands. Right. It, it, it would be at a host site for a school that was eliminated. Or it would be at a neutral site and nobody cared. Um, and that's not what happened in Pensacola? No. What happened is if you're going to play on a neutral site, I've been saying this and saying that nobody listens to me, but that's okay. What's that? I can't hear you. If you're going to play at a neutral site, about a third of your attendance needs to be local folks who don't have a dog in the hunt. The local folks turned out, and this is in year two of a five-year deal. Hopefully, those folks that went said, you know what, this is entertaining. They're going to tell people who are going to tell people who are going to tell people. And maybe finally, they can grow the tournament to the point where this is where it needs to be. I thought, I thought they took a very big step in that direction with the attendance on this. So I'm, um, I, was, I was heartened uh, by that. And, and let me tell you something. You know, Pensacola is a nice city. And if the weather is good and you're staying on the beach, it's a really nice city. Um, I, I, was, I, was, I was heartened by that. I'm heartened about the future of the tournament in Pensacola. I, I, I liked what I saw. How do you feel about the future of Cajun basketball? Well, you know, thank you to Dugay for the three years that he gave the program. Um, Du is one of the one of the nicest guys I've ever covered. Um, he's a brilliant young man, speaks five languages, uh, always had a smile on his face. I never saw a day, I never said hello to Du in the three years that he was here without him having a big grin on his face. Um, and, and I appreciate the contributions that he made, but that's it, dude. That's the only senior you got. And, um, so what's the future? We'll see. The portal is what the portal is. And I can tell you this, you've got a very good chance if Bob Marlin is the head coach next year. You've got a very good chance of the portal being pretty much inactive with maybe a few exceptions of guys who maybe don't fit into the future plans anyway. If you make the decision the other way, you're starting over. I said this last hour. In college hoops, guys really don't coach on the last year of a contract. It's usually extended or right. you you don't make it through. That's just how it is, which I always, whenever someone's like, oh, well, the coach didn't honor their contract. It's like in, in college sports, coaches never go through a whole contract. It's just the nature of the business. Because if you're in the final year, other schools are like, oh, well, you know, we recruit against you. They're not going to be there. What's the deal? I mean, it's part. And, and you could say, well, agents, have, whatever you want to say of how it got to that point, that's where it is. So a decision has to be made. You feel like the last few days would change that at all, or is this more of an overall whoever makes the decision one way or another? You know, I, I don't know, okay? I don't know. Um, there are only two people that are going to make the decision. It's going to be Joe Savo and Brian Maggard. I haven't talked to either one of them. Uh, so I don't, I don't know. I, I do know 
that since 2018, they've slipped record-wise just a little bit. But even with that, Georgia State is the winningest program in the Sun Belt since 2014. The Cajuns are second. Second, okay? Let's stop acting like this program is in the pits because it's not. Now, there are going to be some folks that say, yeah, but I think we need to make a change. And that's fine. That's fine. The way you feel is the way you feel, and I'm mm-hmm. not going to try to change that. Um, I think it gets blown out of proportion a little bit because of the Internet. Um, and at the same time, you know, I get the fact that, you know, there sure. are. I mean, I, I, I see. No, look, I, I totally get where you come from with, and you know how I feel about Bob. Sure. Way. We I all where, feel that I, way about Bob. I, I, I get I get where you're coming from as far as like um let's look at the reality and the numbers since 2014. I get it. Uh, it's it's if a guy's in year 3 or 4 or 5, it's different than when they're in 12 and I think that part of it from some of the fan base like that that's another element to add into it. Don't act like if that's if that's a part of the reasoning Throw that into the context. Don't say, well, the team is is at the bottom of the Sun Belt, because that's no, not true. It's not, it's not even close. I and you know, today, in the society that we live in, with fans the way they are, most of them don't want a coach hanging around more than five, six years. They don't. Well, at the end of that time, you, you they let me tell you, okay, the Cajuns were thirteen and one this past year. If Billy Napier were still here and they went nine and three next year, there would be folks questioning whether or not it's time to move on. Okay? That's what fans do. That's what today's fans do. Because they want it, they want it now, and they want it consistently. And and it's not just in sports. I mean it's it's in life, it's in, in society, it's the way things are. So I I get how some people feel. And like I said, I think it's been blown out of proportion a little bit because of the internet. But, you know, you're dealing with a man here who not only has won the second most games in the Sun Belt Conference, you know, in the last eight years, but he brings good kids in the program. You don't read about them in the newspaper for the wrong reasons. They graduate. GPA, uh, out of the last 12 GPAs, 11 of them have come under Bob Marlin and his staff. He still checks an awful lot of Brian Maggard's boxes, is I guess is what I'm trying to say. And so, you know, I, I, I think that whatever decision is made, I'm going to say I support the decision because I support Dr. Savoy and I support Dr. Maggard. Um. But I, and Brian Maggard is not is not a stupid man, okay? Brian Maggard is a brilliant man. And all of the things that I've said this morning, he knows and is going to take into consideration. I do believe that it should be noted that this team played pretty good basketball down the stretch. And, uh, you know, they they won, what, six of their last eight games, and the two losses are to Georgia State. They beat two teams in the tournament that won 20 games this year. So there's, that is going to be part of the consideration when they evaluate the program. Now, Microwave Society, in the next two or three days, if nothing happens, fans are going to say, well, what the hell's going on here? Mm -hmm. 
Now, let's understand, okay? Coach Marlin's got to go to Mississippi. He's got to bury his mother. Um, he told a couple of stories yesterday afternoon about his mom and her being a big basketball fan, mm-hmm. big college basketball fan. She was a big Mississippi State basketball fan. And, you know, a game would be on television, but she loved Jack Crystal, who was the voice at Mississippi State for about a half a century. And that she put headphones on with the radio, watching on TV. And, of course, the radio was a little bit ahead of the TV. And somebody in the room might say, you know, grandchild, oh, they did it. And she'd just sit there and shake her head. No, they just turned it over, you know. Um, and he told that story yesterday, and I think he's going to tell it at the funeral. Um, so I don't even know when he and Dr. Maggard are going to sit down. It may not be till sometime next week. How, how, how was Bob yesterday? Um, you know, when I got there, they had already gone through the scouting report. They'd had their pregame meal. And he had about five or six friends that were in. And and they were just sitting and talking, and he told a few stories about his mom. Um, you know, Coach, in 12 years that I've worked with him, is always the same guy. He's the same guy before a game. He's the same guy after a game. He's the same guy when he walks into the room and sits down and has a conversation and he's the same guy when he gets up and leaves. Um, I think if you look at the postgame press conference after the win over Troy, at the end of the press conference, he was asked about the last 24 hours mm-hmm. and he started to get emotional. Theo Akuba and uh, Greg Williams were sitting on either side of him. They put a hand on his shoulder and that made it worse. Um, man lost his mother. He's hurting, but he's not going to let you know that. It was the, I played that sound yesterday a good bit. That's, uh, that's as emotional as I've ever seen him, but obviously so, you know, it, it, that's a lot. That's a lot to go through, go through in a short period of time. And this is what he said. just been really uh emotional and uh you know trying to get home we we think we got two hours sleep last night and uh drove six hours and to to be with my mother uh yesterday was my birthday also so a lot of things going on and the the team knew a lot of people didn't know but uh you know we were able to get there and see her and my mother was a uh four-year letterman or letter woman in uh, high school and she loved basketball and she would have uh, wanted me to be here today and I, I can feel her strength I can promise you that and I think our guys do too so it's been a hard day uh, I told the coaches make sure they watch this game because I'm going to go get some rest and when you're emotionally exhausted too it everything that that went over Troy and the fact that he was there that was that was something, man, because that was not easy for him to get there. I think it was um, I think it was great that he got there in time and, and he got a chance to be with her. And, you know, 
we, um, Coach and I have some things in common. I lost my mother on my birthday, okay, a year and a half ago. And um, I, I don't know past midnight, was it on his birthday or not on his birthday? It doesn't matter. Um, it, it makes for strange time. It just does. So I'm, uh, I'm going to be uh, in prayer for him uh, and his family that they, uh, that they take Miss Lila and lay her to rest and that um, he's surrounded by people who love him. And um, then, you know, he'll come back to town and, and I know in his own mind, start planning for next year. Just a reminder, there's certain things bigger in sports, you know. I mean, even if they hadn't beat Troy, I mean, that they did. It was cool, but that's not that's not what's important, you know. And uh, and he's going to handle that and take care of it and deal with it and go through it and definitely thinking about him as well. And um, they came up just short last night, season in 16 and 15, the, uh, the final record for Louisiana in the 2021-2022 season. March Madness coming your way next week. As busy as you've been, what if we just play a TTT Classic today? Cool. Does that work for you? Yeah. We're going to do that when we come back. Also, I kind of missed you yesterday talking about Coach K's last game at Cameron. Mm-hmm. We're going to get into that as well. Cool. Don't go anywhere. I'm Scott. That is... Jay Walker, voice of Louisiana's Raging Cajuns. We'll talk a little baseball, too. Don't go anywhere. This is the Great Scott Show. I'm coming to you from the ESPN Lafayette Studio, sponsored by Bet Rivers, the Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Easy, easy to use, user-friendly, the best Louisiana sports betting experience. Learn more at Bet Rivers. The biggest names in sports are talking to you every day on the Rich Eisen Show with me, Rich Eisen. I Every weekday from noon to 3, right here on ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. All right, welcome back in. It's time for a terrible tune Tuesday. Going to play a TTT Hall what? of Famer. A Hall of Fame song. We have we got our TTT Hall of, of Fame. Terrible Tune Tuesday. I'm sorry, I, I I interrupted you as I do way too often. Do it again. I don't remember what I said. <laughs> a terrible two-tuned Hall of Fame vault or something. Yeah, something like that. Um, one of the first songs I ever played, the Jay at the time had never heard and got really excited about how bad it was, and has referenced it quite a bit, and has now heard it in other places on occasion. If you're playing what I think you're going to play, it would have been the song that I suggested you play today. Well, you changed, you know, one letter in the, the name of this song, and then I'd be saying Gazuntaik. Not a chew, Agadoo by Black Lace, 1981, I think. 83. 83. See, so you, you went, like, after you heard this, you went and had to research this, Jim. I did. Gym. I did. Known uh, as one of the worst songs of all time, all over the world. And you will still hear it on the radio from time to time. On TTT, a Hall of Fame TTT day, here is Agadoo by Black Lace. I 
That was for you, Jay Walker. Thank you, honey. If Casey Kasem was still alive, I would, I would put in one of those write-in requests. This one goes out. Here's here's a long-distance request. Zoinks. Uh, um. All right, that's TTT. We're gonna take. We're gonna be back in three minutes. Quick timeout. We'll come back. We will hit on a Cajun baseball currently scheduled to play at La Tech tonight. Gonna get into Coach K's final game at Cameron and why. I just felt like when he got on the mic at the end of it, it was so Coach K and so Duke and so funny. So funny. Can't wait. Don't go anywhere. I'm Scott. That's Jay. This is ESPN Lafayette. Before we hit into the break, though, Patty in the Park is nine days away. St. Patty's Day, March 17th. Sponsored by Bud Light Next and Go Auto Insurance. Clay Cormier and Wayne Toops. Awesome. And and um, I get paid to do the wild thing. Tone Loke, Tone Loke, man. Fucking Cole Medina. Woo. Quad City DJs come and ride the train. Rob Bass, it takes two to make a thing go right. All playing at Patty in the Park. Get your tickets now at eventright.com or any Legends location. $20 now. Do it. Wait till the day of. It'll cost you 25 Get them now. It's going to be awesome. It's been a few years since we've had Patty in the Park. Can't wait. Tremendous lineup. 
And uh, kids 12 and under get in free. Gates open at 5. Music starts at 5.30. It is going to be lit. an absolute blast. Yes, there's going to be lit. Favorite word, lit. When we come back, they were hoping Cameron would be lit on Saturday, but um, North Carolina lit the match and blew up their party. We'll discuss that. little cage of baseball as well. Don't go anywhere. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Hey, this is Rich Eisen. You can hear me every day on ESPN Lafayette from noon to 3 on The Rich Eisen Show. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. I'm Scott. That is the man, Jay Walker. Hi. Currently scheduled to uh, call the action tonight in Ruston, Louisiana, against Louisiana Tech, who was ranked in the top 25 not too long ago. What's the forecast in Ruston? 100% chance of rain. And I think the high is going to be like 44 Maybe they'll play, maybe they won't. We'll uh, we'll keep you guys up to date on that. In the meantime, that Southern Miss series, I asked Coach Deggs yesterday, and I, I said, look, man, I've talked to you for over two years now. I've never asked you about umpiring, and he kind of referenced it briefly. I said, how did you feel about you know the umpiring over the weekend, and he said, I don't want to say much because I don't, I don't want to get fined. He said, I'll say this, you know, we discussed some things and things have been changed. And that's all he would, you know, that's all he would say. And I, how bad was it? Was it, was it as bad as what social media is making out to be? Was it, was it that big of a story? I mean, I know what happened Saturday. I saw it. I saw the check swing, but just overall. I made the comment during one of the games. And people can read into this whatever they like. There was a a play at second base. And I think Tyler Robertson had hit a ground ball in the hole. Shortstop made a play. Threw to second. Close play. Out. Now, slow motion replay showed that they missed the call. That happens. But I made... The comp because Brad said, "Bang bang play blood," and I said, "Why does it always seem in this ballpark that every close call goes against the Cajuns?" And that's what I believe. So I don't think what happened over the weekend is just something that happened over the weekend. I think what happened over the weekend was a culmination of a lot of things that have happened over the weekend for the last several years. You see the same names on there a lot. Like, how how does the pool, how does it work? I know you umpired years ago. Uh, I don't know. People ask me, I'm like, I don't don't know the value. I don't know. You know, a couple of these guys, um, when Sunbelt Conference play begins, will be umpiring around the league. Um, They won't be probably umpiring Cajun games, but they'll be they'll be umpiring around the league. 
Um, all of the guys that umpire midweek games and non-conference games uh, and non-conference weekends are all guys, I'm not going to say local, they don't all live in Lafayette, some of them do. Um, but they're they're all regional, I guess, is a good way to put it. And they've been going out there for a long time. Um, I, I just, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just know that this just didn't happen over the weekend. I can guarantee you that. 45 after the hour. ESPN Lafayette best. Team. Now, I, I, I will say this. You know, you've got a guy. You know, I believe, okay, I believe that the umpires that we have, they want to get it right. And I, I, I do believe if they're worth their salt, and I believe in a lot of cases they are, that they go back, they're going to look at, they're going to look at film. They're going to look at video. They're going to make sure they're in the right position. They're going to see. And if they do get it wrong, I'm, I'm sure that they don't like the fact that they got it wrong. All right. Now, I believe that. But, you know, when Matt Deggs got thrown out in Saturday's game, there was a check swing. Now, there would already been a couple calls that have gone against him, okay? There's a check swing that Stevie Wonder could have made a call it on. Was, it was, the, the kid started to walk away like he had struck and, out. And it's one that the home plate umpire should have made. Yeah. I mean, you know, he had to have blinked. How can, how can you not see it? And then he goes to third base for the appeal. And the only thing that I can say is he wasn't paying attention because there's no way. There's no way that he could look at that and say, no, he didn't swing. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't paying attention. Um, that got, that was, you know, that was the straw. Coach Deggs came out, got tossed. Um, the next day, again, I don't know anything that might've been said. I, I do know this. The umpires did not do their normal rotation. The same four were there, but they were distributed differently. I know that that's a fact. Here's another fact. They had the meeting at home plate. Matt Deggs didn't shake hands with any of them. So it wasn't over with Saturday after the game. Those are the two things that I know. Other than that, everything else is speculation. And, um, but it, it just didn't start Saturday. I'm, I'm just here to tell you that this, I'm going to bet you. That if we were to sit down, no microphones around, and just talk to Coach Deggs, he's going to tell you it goes all the way back to when he was here the first time. Interesting. ESPN Lafayette. And I will say, and I'll say one more thing. From a report that I got that I have not tried to confirm, but I I don't question it, that... One of the umpires was getting heckled and um, and turned and cursed the people who heckled him. Now, you don't get to do that and keep your job. I'm sorry. As an umpire, you can't respond. You can't go tell somebody what was allegedly said. Can't do it. So, you know, 
We'll see. We'll see what happens. You know what I'll be interested to see? I'll be interested to see the rest of the season because the Cajuns have got one more home weekend series non-conference and they have several home non-conference games. I'm going to see if any of those guys are conspicuous by their absence. Time to do some sleuth work. Yeah, I'm, yeah. And, and, and you know what? I don't have any money in my wallet, but I got a credit card. And I'll bet you the limit on this credit card, all $3.25, that uh, there are going to be some guys who will be conspicuous by their absence, not only the rest of this season, but maybe in the future as well. Interesting. Okay. Interesting stuff there. I'm Scott. That is Jay. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Before you go, Coach K's final game at Cameron Indoor. Talked about it yesterday for a stretch. Said, look, if you love Duke, you loved everything except the result. If you hate Duke, you loved all of it because it only further proved the points you've been making for many, many years. So, Jay, Coach K announced back in June that this was going to be his last season, and he wanted to make that announcement so that that it wouldn't be a distraction, (laughs) right? Focus on the kids. Yeah. How did Roy Williams retire? He retired at the end of the season and just said, so look, I'm stepping down, Yeah, and uh, somebody else is going to take over. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, There was a... Quite a farewell tour throughout this regular season for Coach K, was there? Not everywhere he went, with the exception of Chapel Hill, had some nice gifts for him. Yeah, some parting gifts. And he said nice words, and then he would say, but I I don't, you know, it's really just about basketball. I don't really like this. For the guy who announced in June that he was going to retire (laughs) and didn't want it to be a distraction. Right. And then there were reports that perhaps Duke was salty that Chapel Hill did not honor him. Yeah. When he was there. Um, then ESPN dedicated six broadcasts to his last game at Cameron Indoor Stadium, where there were over 100 prestigious alum, where students camped out in the freezing cold of Durham for their chance at tickets, where the secondary market tickets were going for six grand to be in there. For a game against a rival that they beat by 20 earlier this year that they were 11-point favorite against that they lost by 13-2. They named a bench after him. They'd already named the court after him. Um, and then after the game, when he got on the mic, he shushed the students. He told them to stop. Scolded them a little bit. There were and then and then the, the beginning part of the broadcast they didn't get to go to it right away on the big ESPN networks because the Kansas game was going too long. Right. Nice blue blood Kansas. Um, again, if you were watching on ESPN, the coverage was all it was it was praise of Coach K, who I I could say with a serious face is one of the greatest basketball coaches of all time. I I don't deny that. I never have. You go online and you see the reaction. It's a little, it's a little different, a little more critical of. Yeah, remember all those times Coach K did this and was praised for it instead of scolded. 
Remember this? Remember remember when he when he called out the opposing player in the handshake line for scoring late in the game and then lied about it afterwards and then audio proved that the player actually was telling the truth and then he didn't apologize. Like, yeah. Well, well no, he's just he's just looking out for the betterment of the game. The kids in the Sesame Street outfits just crying tears because he lost. I mean, there again, if you're looking at it through Duke glasses, it was that's what it's all about. It's college bet. It's a shame he lost Celeste. It was all about. You're looking at it through other glasses, which Duke is like the Yankees or the Lakers or the Cowboys. You either love them or hate them. Then you enjoyed every second of it. I, for one, and Duke might still go even win it all this year. I don't even deny that. They might. They might. They, they might win it all. I am going to miss Coach K because, man, was he fun for college basketball and the things that I enjoyed pointing out of. This is a little hypocritical. I'm going to miss that, Jay. What are you going to miss about Coach K? And I know I kind of rambled way too long, but I'm sure there were aspects of that thing Saturday, which I know you were working, and, and I, I, didn't even, I didn't even watch the whole thing, but I, I kind of went back and reviewed okay. it all. What are your I, thoughts? I, um, I had a 2 o'clock game, okay? So I was home in time. Um, it was on in the living room. I went into the man cave, slid the door closed, and... Um, watched the Sunbelt quarterfinal between um, Arkansas State and Georgia State. I came out and looked at the screen, and there were like two minutes left, and North Carolina was up by. And I said, well, look at this. Now, understand, I was not rooting against Duke. I've told the story many times about the day I chose my blue, and I am a North Carolina fan always and will continue to be even after Coach K is gone. But I'm a North Carolina fan when those two teams play. Um, And then I came out again and the athletic director was talking and then Coach K went up and hugged her. That's all I saw of it because I really didn't want to see it. I didn't, I didn't. I don't want to look at all that. It's when you just go on Twitter and enjoy, enjoy it that way. Yeah. And, and, and you know, he, there's no questioning the man's coaching ability. There's no questioning it. He had five national titles. But, you know, I, I, I had him pegged years ago because he's the only coach that for years and years and years, when it's time to talk to the coach at halftime, he sends an assistant. Everybody else talks. He doesn't, and he hasn't for years, and I pegged him back then. You too good for this, Coach? You too good for these folks? When the national cameras are on, boy, he talks a lot, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. All we've ever said about Duke, you and I, and it's one of the things we've agreed on, is that there is a hypocrisy there in the coverage and and in Coach K. We never suggested he wasn't good, but and, and I think more people have come around, but when we were... When we were pointing this out 15 years ago, I mean, you remember, we get all kind of emails. Oh, yeah. And, and it was, <laughs> the emails were, shame on both of you. Mm-hmm. Shame on you. He does everything the right way. Like, yeah. why are you making jokes about him? First of all, of course, it would be a Duke fan that would say shame on you, like scolding us like we're children, because that's what Coach K does to everyone. Um, a lot of players played for him, and they love him. He's one of the greatest coaches of all time. I I'm going to miss him being in college basketball because it it 
I, I don't know much. Of, I remember John Shire, the player. Like, it was, it's not going to be as fun to root against Duke without Coach K there. I have a brother-in-law that graduated from Duke. He's a hardcore Duke fan. I have two very close friends that love Duke basketball. And going back and forth with them, like, it just, it's it's not going to be the same without Coach K there, man. I, I, gonna, I agree. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to miss the dude. I agree. I'm going to miss the dude. What's your favorite Coach K moment of all time? You know, I still go back to that damn American Express commercial. I don't think of myself as a as a coach. As a coach, I think my of myself as a teacher who happens to be a coach. You know, a 30-second free recruiting commercial for American Express. I wanted to vomit the first time I saw it and and every time I think about the the history of of that program that's what always comes back to me is that American Express commercial. On that note, you mentioned a credit card earlier. We'll end on a credit card reference again. Stay tuned, everybody. The Dan Patrick Show comes your way next. Anthony Babino will be in with me tomorrow in the 8 o'clock hours he does throughout the season. Hell's Grizz tonight. We'll dig into that a little bit. Can't wait. In the meantime... This is ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports.